Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. Welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach, and we're glad that you're here. I'll be joined in just a moment by this week's guest, but before that, I want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project. All of our content here at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we rely upon the contributions of our listeners in order to do so. You will never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost money to put a show like this together, so if you find what we're doing here valuable and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going, and it helps us reach other men just like you. God's blessings, fellas. Enjoy the show. Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up, I guess, it's not a broadcast today, it's Girlcast. So, welcome to the Girlcast, and uh, obviously the room is full of girls then. So go ahead, around the table, if you don't mind introducing yourselves, who are we talking to today? Um, I am Sam Grass, I am a sophomore at MLC, studying elementary education, and yeah, work at Camp Phillip during the summer, if you've ever heard of that, and that's that's basically what we got. How long have you worked at Camp Phillip? Um, so this will be my third summer on full-time summer staff, but I've been going there since third grade, so like 12 summers now. Okay, obviously you love it there. What do you like about it? Um, I think that it's just a special place where you're constantly surrounded by not only like brothers and sisters in Christ, but then God's creation, and I just appreciate that so much. And there's just not many places that are like it. Yeah, I totally agreed on that. Yeah, there's not many places like it. Cool. Yeah. And you're a Wisco kid. I am. Yeah. Big Wisco kid. Yep. You guys have the best marching band directors in the world. Or you did. Well, yeah, you're just biased, but I mean, you <laughs> yelled at me a lot. You deserved it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And you got better at marching, yes, didn't you? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So we go way back. Kind right. Of. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Who are you? Hi, I'm Claudia Sivs, and I'm Sam Grass's roommate. <laughs> That's her claim to fame. She's yep. Sam Grass's roommate. Um, but I'm also a sophomore at MLC, and I'm also studying um, elementary education. So. Okay. You're a lakeside kid? Yep. All right. You know the school song? Mm. <laughs> no, I won't make you sing it. All right. Cool. What else you got going on? Um, right now I work at a coffee shop on the weekends and I work at the New Home Public School on the weekdays. What do you do at public? So they have like an after school daycare program for like first through sixth graders and there's like about like probably 95 kids that go there after school and so we just kind of supervise and hang out with them after school. So. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. And so do you have like teaching responsibilities? Are you instructing or are you basically just supervising? Um, not really teaching, just a lot of like classroom management kind of stuff, making sure they're not like running around the room or <laughs> tackling each other, which happens a lot more than you would think. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Are you, okay. 
are you a vegetarian or do you just really like vegetables? Um, I get asked that question a lot. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, surprised, but no, I I do eat meat. I just try to eat vegetables a lot. So I just yeah. only ever see you standing next to the to the uh, salad bar. So someone told me the other day they were like, "Oh, hi, Claudia. I didn't see your face, but I saw your salad." So I. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so generally you eat fairly healthy then. Yes, is I that, try to. So. Okay, is that something you've got? Like, most students don't. So um, why does it become something that's an emphasis in your life? Why do you think that? Um, I think just a lot of people in my family kind of do. So I've just kind of grown up that way. And um, I like to do research on like nutrition and stuff. I think it's like super interesting. So I've just kind of like listened to a lot of podcasts on it and do a lot of that kind of research. So I don't know. Very cool. See, <laughs> I'm glad I asked that question now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Natalie, you've been on the show before, but go ahead and tell us who you are. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm Natalie Libke, and the f- funny thing is I can say a lot of the same things as Sam Grass, where I'm also a sophomore, and I'm also studying elementary education with an English minor, and I also work at Camp Phillip, but fun fact, we've only known each other for a year. So okay. <laughs> All right, so what else sets you apart from Sam other than that you're not Sam? Um, I work for admissions. Um, I also work at 3M, the factory downtown, um, during the week. And what do you do at 3M? Oh, I package, uh, plastic parts. Nice. Like in plastic bags? Yes. Okay. Do you, okay. So is there just like the same part coming down the line all the time or are you putting like kits together? Well, it depends on which bench I am on, like the machine I'm working on during the day. Generally, every week, it's kind of the same cycle of different parts. Okay. So how do you feel about factory work? Some people love it. Some people hate it, especially as students. How do you feel about it? I am personally very involved in ministry-focused jobs and constantly like interacting with people, which I adore, but it is really nice just to um, set aside a time from work and not be able to bring that work home, and it's a good separation of that Mm -hmm. um and it's nice to get compensated very well for doing (laughs) something very um simple um but it lets me um focus and pour myself more into the ministry i'm involved with on campus i co-lead the women's ministry at mlc and so we did uh advent by candlelight along with um the different studies we have a fall spring and winter study okay Awesome. Cool. Um, Anybody you want to, before we get into this, anybody that you want to like shout out or say hi to or anything like that? Oh, shout out to my mom. She'll listen. She'll she'll listen. (laughs) Glad. What's her name? Uh, Sarah. All right. Hi. Hi, Natalie's mom. Um, You don't want to shout out. You have anybody you'd like to recognize or anything like that? Not at all? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Great. All right. With that in mind, then, uh, yeah. um, shout out to those of you who have been helped supporting the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to make a uh, contribution to the ministry we're doing here, uh, go ahead online and make a cup of coffee donation. We call it a cup of coffee donation because for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support the ministry we're doing here with young men. If you'd like to support our, if you'd like to support or help fund the work we do here at Gird Up, go to www.girdup.com. Select buy us a cup of coffee in the main menu and make your donation there. 
All right. One of the reasons why you girls specifically um, were chosen for this podcast is that all of you dress very nicely. Um, you all do it, obviously, very mindful about the way that you dress. Um, and, uh, I mean, frankly, you all look great. So, um, on a daily basis, which, again, most college students don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I guess the first, first thing I'd like to talk about is... Um, well, I guess just that. Um, why do you guys choose the way, dress the way that you do? Um, what goes into that? Is it just you want to look cute? Is it any deeper than that? Yeah, I guess I can kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, growing up, my parents kind of were just strict about what we wore. So I think that kind of led into the more like modest side I take on what I wear and how I dress. And then I kind of just got really into using clothes as a way to like express yourself um because I was very shy like in high school um and things like that and so um throughout high school I just kind of wasn't sure about my place like in the world but I knew like okay I can wake up and I can dress myself however I want and I can put on I'm really into shoes like I love shoes um I think that (laughs) my life motto is like every outfit has a perfect pair of shoes Um, I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. And so I got really into shoes first and that kind of started it. And then once I got towards the end of my high school and then starting college, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear whatever I want and whatever I like or how I like to dress and put on a cool pair of shoes and then go and start my day. But it's never really about like drawing attention to myself or what I'm wearing. Like, yeah, of course, it's nice to like receive compliments from people um, like, hey, I really like your shirt or your outfit so cute today. And it's like, oh, thanks. But it's just more of like my comfortability level and my kind of style. And two, I thrift a lot. Um, and so then that also allows you to be able to experiment with a lot of different things without spending a ton of money. So that's also something I like to do. Yeah. Speaking of thrifting, Natalie, <laughs> um, nobody starts a, essentially an online business that essentially is just large scale thrifting unless they care passionately about clothes. Right. So that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So also during high school, I thrifted, oops, I thrifted a bunch, um, and I got to experiment a lot with different styles because I thrifted a bunch. So then um, before I even sold clothes, I could wear them and it'd still be the same value. So I would have the biggest closet ever in high school because I was able to sell um, secondhand clothes that I wore. And I think that helped me uh, develop my style. But I'll be honest, um, not a lot, like thought goes into what I'm we- wearing, But I feel like it's a lot of unconscious thinking. It's, I feel like the people I'm surrounded with have an impact on what I wear and our styles eventually like dabble in each other's without us even noticing it. For example, um, Sam and I both work at Camp Phillip and we all... Oh, there's definitely a Camp Phillip look. (laughs) Yeah, like with the um, baggier like mom jeans with like a flannel or more like neutral tones. And I would always see them like, oh, I could never wear like baggy on baggy clothes, but here, here I am like wearing a kind of looser t-shirt with um, more mom jean pants. And that's something like I probably couldn't have seen myself fully investing in that type of style last year, but it naturally shifted that way. And especially at camp too, we have to, you know, 
promote modesty and be modest, we have a dress code and we as counselors have to follow that and model that for our campers as well. But I think that goes to show even when you're a teacher, you have to um, present yourself, look nice and follow the dress code that you're expecting your students to follow right. as well. Yeah. And I think the key word you brought up is modesty, right? And and you guys, all three of you walk that line very, very carefully. Now, Claudia, you're probably, no offense to either of you, Claudia, you're probably one of the best dressed girls on campus, right? And well, it's very it obvious. I mean, it's, it's clearly apparent that one, you're not afraid to express yourself through your clothing because you don't look like anybody else. Like nobody else quite dresses like you um, in a very positive way. And then also you... Um, you say particularly you you dress in such like it's very it's to the popular style for sure um but the popular culture in the world um tends to be fairly skimpy and frankly just outright sexualized right and you don't dress that way and yet somehow still meet the trends um can you talk to that at all um, I think the trends side of that kind of has to do with my sisters. I have an older sister and a younger sister, and they're a lot more stylish than I am. And so I think I just really look up to like their style a lot and kind of try to like emulate that, I guess. But um, I guess just um, most of the time I try to dress like nice for school because I find that I get a lot more done when I'm not in sweatpants or in comfy clothes. Cause then all I want to do is like sit down and relax. But when I'm in jeans or something, that's a lot less comfortable. So I don't know. I also just really like thrifting like Sam and Natalie do. So that's kind of my reasons, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I, so you guys see how I dress pretty much every day. Cause <laughs> I, if I dress like an adult, I generally, generally behave like an adult. If I don't, then I don't. And so, um, if I, if I'm going to get done, I, that's spot on. If I'm going to get done what I need to get done every day, that's, I'm going to have to, I ought to behave like I'm an adult. Yeah. Um, so do, uh, do you guys ever put something on and look in the mirror and just go like, yeah, that's not school appropriate. Or is that, no. It, you, no? Yeah, well, I don't think something I I'm never drawn to to dressing in a certain way that would be inappropriate to others. But like, I won't say that I don't sometimes show my midriff or like wear cropped shirt. Well, is that appropriate? That's in my mind, I think it is. But in others, I guess it could be true. And I mean, going into the like, um. Most people, like, I just looked at the first question on this, like, you dress well without sexualizing yourselves, like, how do you decide what to wear and how to dress, like, well, I theoretically could wear anything and be sexualized by someone, you know, and, like, um, there's ways to obviously not push that line and not draw attention to it, but... I don't think that is a problem that I really fall into. But you can dress provocatively. Correct. And you don't. Right. And so that means you've made a choice not to. Yeah. Why? Um, just, I think, so, uh, you've heard the, I have a tattoo and it's Proverbs 31 verse 25 and it says she's clothed in strength and dignity. And that's just something that I think about a lot is the image of being like a strong and well-dressed woman and having dignity in everything that you're doing. And that can be shown in not only how you dress, but how you act, how you speak to others, stuff like that. And that's kind of just something that is really important to me. And I've kind of taken into like every aspect of my life too. I think like, that was a mic drop. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, do you find that you are treated differently depending on how you dress? Any of you? 
I feel like maybe a little bit. I remember in high school, I, I think I personally just like didn't really care how, what I looked like. I would I would be known for wearing sweatpants every day of the week. Like that was, and I think I kind of get more attention now that I like put a little more effort in my appearance, whether it's good or bad. But. And what do you mean by you get more attention? Like um, from guys, just in general, like. Yeah, I guess maybe just more people will come up to me and talk to me. And I've heard that there's things I don't I don't know. So I guess yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that. Well, what what do you mean when you say you get more more attention? Um yeah, like more people will just comment or give me compliments on stuff that I wear or talk to me about my clothes and stuff like that, which I guess just comes with yeah. not wearing sweatpants. Well, but so. it's a great conversation starter. Yeah, and yeah, I for sure. I look at personally I look at it as art. I mean, the way I dress myself is artful, right? Mm-hmm. And I then respect that. Uh, I respect that effort and that mindfulness in other people as well. Um, do you? Let me think. I had a phrase this. Do you think? Um, do you? Do you perceive? Do you think? Or why is it that? Um, do you think you just uh, are perceived differently? Like, why is it that people are more willing to interact with you? Maybe when you are dressed well as opposed to schlumpy? Um, I think kind of when I'm not dressed in a way where I feel, like, confident, I guess, it affects how I um, am outwardly, I guess. So when I feel a lot more confident and comfortable in what I'm wearing, then I'll be more, like, friendly or smiley or something like that where I just seem a lot more approachable versus if I'm kind of in a huge sweatshirt and sweatpants and just kind of keeping to myself because I don't feel <laughs> as good in my clothes, like, yeah. then I also I'm think, approachable. I also think if you look checked out, like, <clears throat> visually, but also, like, what you're wearing, that's how people are going to perceive you. Right. Yeah. Well, you honestly, when we are dressed that way, generally, it's because that's how we feel. (laughs) It's usually an expression of what's actually going on on the inside. Do you think it's a do you think it's right or okay or maybe appropriate that people treat you differently depending on how you're dressed? Should it be that way? I don't I think I guess I would say I don't think that it Okay, in my mind, you see someone like Claudia or I that normal or Natalie that dress nice. Sorry, (laughs) she was clearly no, no, we live together, so like I know, like we know what each other's wear. Yeah. Anyways, um, so you see us normally dress pretty nice, and then on those days when we're wearing like a sweatshirt and sweatpants, and we don't really look like put together, like wouldn't wouldn't you question it? Like, shouldn't you? Of, like, wow, like, I've never really seen, like, Claudia wear, like, sweatpants and a sweatshirt with, like, her hair, like, looking messy or whatever. Like, is she okay? Like, I wonder if she is okay, because I know that her dressing nice is something that's important to her, and when she dresses nice, she feels better, which, like, I feel that same thing as well. Like, couldn't you just, like, ask if that's something that... Would that make you uncomfortable, though, if somebody just walked up to you and was like, hey, you're looking kind of schlumpy. Um, are you okay? Well, you don't have to phrase it yeah. that way. <laughs> you would just be like, be like, hey, like, how's it going? And that, like, can just start a conversation. Like, if someone is having a hard time or a rough day, if you just go ask them, hey, how's it going? If they need someone to talk to, they're going to just start talking to you. Would it be weird if a guy did that? No. No? I don't think if, so. I think if he nice. approached it in, like, a normal way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he didn't insult you before. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I also think since us three are very close and we're in close parameters with each other, when Sam's wearing athletic clothes, I'm like, oh, she has racquetball today. Or mm-hmm. Claudia's in her, like, red basketball shorts, like, oh, she's ready to go to bed. <laughs> like, like you, you could just pick up on things, like, you you just know. Like, I'm wearing my pirate sweatpants. Oh, Natalie's ready to go to bed. Like, she's yeah. just in full comp she's mode right now. Like, it's – I think – the people that are around you, they know based off of what you're wearing, and sometimes they will ask if they know that it's a switch out of out of the norm or like, whoa, like why are you really dressed up or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll ask that way, but I think for outside people that aren't as involved in our life, you could have that conversation like we talked about, but in a like, hey, how's it going? All right. So with all that in mind, then do you feel pressure to to look not look appropriate? That's not the right way to say that but do you, do you feel pressure to look a certain way um or or dress a certain way like just so that you're not attracting that kind of attention to yourself no i don't really no. think about that Mm-mm. no there's never a day where i mean i don't know i certainly do sometimes like ah, i should i generally i usually dress better than this i should put something else on you ever, <laughs> don't ever feel that well, way. well some days i'll dress down because i don't want to draw attention you know kind of like if you're having like an off day or you're super stressed or really tired because you had a long day at work the night before and so you just wake up and kind of just throw on a sweatshirt and leggings and blazers like that's my go-to you know on those days but um it's just because like I'm having an off day and I don't feel the need to like dress a certain like dress a better way or draw attention to myself either but not that I don't want people to like talk to me or anything but and also not that I'm dressing to draw attention to myself but I do know that certain ways I dress will draw attention to myself whether that's dressing certain ways to sexualize myself or not you know like you can dress different from other people when you're drawing attention to yourself automatically so why why do you choose not to sexualize yourself uh, the question needs to be asked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, that's like a uh, net. Because there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. young women that don't. There's right. a lot of young women that just outright do. And you, I mean, Are it's those... usually intentional. Mm-hmm. You can even tell sometimes it's intentional. So yeah. why um, do you, first, let's start there. Why do you choose not to? Any of you, why do you choose not to? Um, oh, okay. No, Claudia, you go. Okay, <laughs> I was just going to say that I think um, in the past, I like have found my worth in the way that I look or the way that others think of me or just like my like relationship status or any of that kind of stuff, like who I'm friends with, who I'm talking to, just like finding my worth in a lot of outside things. And I think now I like personally choose to dress the way I do because it's just the way that I like to dress. And I know that my worth isn't in the way that I dress, but it's like my, like I'm a child of God. And so that's where my identity is. So not in my outward appearance. And it's interesting you say that because you do clearly care about how you look and you curate a look and yet you, you're saying it's not necessarily part of your identity. So how do you balance those two things? Um, Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. That's okay. Yeah, so you, I mean, you dress very well, um, and you present yourself very well, but then your identity also isn't found oh, in yeah, how yeah. you present yourself, right? right? So how do you walk that line? Um, so I think just kind of when Sam was talking about, like, when you're having a bad day and you, like, try to dress down or something, but, like, for me, if I'm having a bad day, I'll put on my favorite outfit because it just makes me feel good, and I, if I'm, like, 
like what I'm wearing, I feel like it kind of does affect my mood kind of because I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like I <laughs> look my best right now. Like, I feel, I don't know, good about that. So, yeah, I don't know. But um, I also would bounce off Claudia's point of just like, like you said, um, clothing and dressing up is an art form. And I think it's a beautiful way to glorify God, but also like represent who you are. Um, maybe in a some sort of t- style, but sometimes it's literally, I love wearing my Jesus t-shirts. And especially now I love wearing them to work. It's a, a great conversation starter. People know what I stand for um, right away, but it's also like a staple piece of my style and my, my go-to that I just adore wearing. Um, and I think some people may struggle with walking, walking the line, um, of, you know, dressing to sexualize themselves or not, um, just by the people they're surrounded with or the environment they're in. And I think that, um, impacts someone's style a lot. And like I said, it could be unconscious, like they could notice that, over time and they might not even want that to happen but it does sometimes so understanding that and that's it's a path you can follow well and i would even say i would be surprised to find out that particularly like an 18 19 year old girl is thinking as she as well in our circles maybe not out in the world but in our circles i would be honestly surprised if she's thinking to herself um, like I want to attract, you know, that certain amount of it, like that kind of attention to myself today. It's usually something it's, a, I, I, I would argue it's probably more of a reflection on what's going on in the heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything to say to that? Um, I kind of, I think I might know what you're kind of getting at. Just, I think that a lot of times, like when you see someone who's dressed in like an outfit, that's just like very showy of, I don't know, their body then um, people might, like, see them and be like, oh, they must be such a confident person that they can, like, wear an outfit like that out in public. But in reality, a lot of times when people are wearing something like that, it's because they're very insecure about themselves and need the validation from other people. And they don't just, like, see that from, like, their savior or something like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're you're picking up on the same same trail. Is like, I I don't think anybody walks out, and says, I'm, I'm seeking validation today. <laughs> like that's a, it's an unconscious thing. Um, have you ever addressed that with like any, any of the girls around you? Like addressed how they're dressing? Yeah. Or? I just like kind of said something to, I, I don't know the mm-hmm. answer to this question. I'm just asking. I, I don't think that I've ever seen someone in my circles that I'm like, oh, why, like, why are they dressing up? Also, it's not my place. Uh, well, but it would be if it was somebody in your circle. And frankly, yeah. that probably you you do one of the things I admire about you the most is how <laughs> carefully you do curate your friendships. Yeah, and it's something that I've noticed. Like I mean, we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. is that you are very careful about who you surround yourself with and very in, uh, very intentional about that. So the reality is, you probably don't have right. a lot of people right. in your circle yeah. who are finding their identity there because they wouldn't get that kind of access to your life. But if somebody was in your circle dressing that way or behaving that way, do you think you would address it? Or how would you if you did? I think, well, we kind of just touched on it before of how normally it's not just because, like like you said, you don't walk out and you're like, I need validation, so I'm going to dress this <laughs> way. Um, so maybe just, like, getting to know, like, what's going on in their life either, too. Like, I have gone through phases of my life when I was, like, struggling the most like mentally and things and I was making bad decisions like 
um, drinking or like dressing like provocatively, like stuff like that, because I was struggling like internally. And I think that people did ask, but maybe just like not as much as they should have, because I was almost dressing to the trends, you know, like, well, Sam's wearing that, but it doesn't really matter because we're like other people are wearing something similar. So maybe it's just not even noticed either. Like stuff like that. As Sam Grass's friend, I feel like if I w- was dressing in a certain way, showing how close we were, she would have a conversation with me, but it would be in like a respectful way and not just out of nowhere, but it would also be like how she said of like getting to know the deeper problem and then maybe addressing it in a, the right situation, not at a very like low point or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. I could say that we would probably all do that for each other in that that way okay do you think um to that to that end do you think um women bear any responsibility um let me think how to phrase this do you think well i'm just gonna don't be offended by the question i'm just gonna say it right (laughs) do you think women bear any responsibility to men for the way they dress like what do you mean um specifically like um especially especially when you're on i would say a um, obviously this isn't an MLC podcast, but we all are MLC students uh, in a Christian college setting or maybe even like a church setting. Do you think um, women bear some any responsibility um, to help out their brothers in Christ, if you will, um, based on how they dress? This is a hotly contested yeah. topic. Hot so, take. Yeah. What do you think? No. Okay. Because, because I think that I could sexualize myself by how I dress in any sense if that makes sense like oh I'm wearing a dress that like is above or I I don't know like tighter fitting somewhere and it's what I'm completely comfortable in and my girlfriend girls yeah friends um that are friends (laughs) I don't sorry (laughs) sometimes never mind (laughs) um uh, I just feel like my grandma when I say that, like my girlfriends, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly my yeah. my grandma. Too. Um, <laughs> when they see me wearing that, they'll think that that's completely normal and that's totally fine. Oh, Sam looks cute today, but someone else could look at me and think like, obviously impure and sinful thoughts. Well, let me rephrase my rephrase oh, okay. my question a little bit then. <laughs> um, and any of you, any of you can feel free to respond to this. There are de- there have as a man. There have definitely been times where, not as, not on the MLC campus, but <laughs> definitely have been times, like out in the world, you're at a coffee shop or whatever it might be, and, you know, a woman walks in and, like, there's, like, I genuinely have a conversation in my head where I'm like, girl, I'm trying so hard to not go there and you're really not giving me any, like, I can't, without looking away, you're not giving me a whole lot of options uh, you're certainly not helping me out here as far as temptation goes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think women bear any responsibility in that? And now that I rephrased the question, I'm kind of forcing your hand. But mm-hmm. I think you should shift the like the focus to not the responsibility towards men, but the responsibility towards God. Like God tells us that we should honor our bodies and like our bodies are temples and we shouldn't like shift that responsibility to guys but if we're honoring god with how we wear and what how we dress um therefore there 
shouldn't be like temptation for the guys or there should at least be less um and so I think it just goes to say of you know focus on your relationship with the Lord and how he calls us to dress and how to carry ourselves um and that will show through I sorry something that like stuck me out about that is like you said that there shouldn't you know, like, so if we are dressing in a way that God wants us to dress and giving our temples, like, our bodies are temples, stuff like that, then there shouldn't be that temptation for guys. But there could be, you know, like, it's just so the, hard to, the like, devil walk the line. At work. Yeah, facts. It's just so hard to walk the line. But. Yeah, well, and I think it goes back to that identity question mm-hmm. that you get you guys brought it wasn't honestly it wasn't even on my radar when i asked the question but you hit it right on the head uh is the where where's that identity found and i think you're I, who, did you say no you said like it, your responsibility your spot your responsibility ultimately is to your heavenly father that's where mm-hmm. you're accountable um and if your identity is found in him and not in the attention you're getting from the way you dress then you won't put yourself in a position as a young woman where you're causing that sort of where you are causing that because you, you can't control what's going on in a guy's mind. Yeah. You have no control over that, but you can certainly um, you can certainly influence what's going on. But instead of making instead of making that your focus, if your focus is on I'm just going to glorify God, your the the result of that is going to be modesty, mm-hmm. appropriate modesty, and then you don't even have to. I guess that's what Natalie kind of said. You wouldn't even have to have that conversation if uh, if we're appropriately aligned. And we're being modest, guys or girls. We're not going to end up in a place where we have to even be considering this. So reframing the conversation is probably, I agree with you, is probably the best way to go. Yeah, I would also like to touch on um, like dress codes. For example, MLC doesn't have a dress code, but you know maybe I'm wearing things that like leggings that wouldn't be appropriate in a gr- like a high school setting with dress code, but I can still like dress myself in an appropriate manner but there's no like dress code dictating it so i think you know in anything when there's no rules it's like a test of um your ability to see how you actually carry yourself without those rules and i think it's good that mlc doesn't because then it shows and sets you up for how the real world will be like because i think there would be more a lot of people trying to rebel um and dress um, differently if there were dre- t- well, different it, types of dress, dress and codes. It, and it takes the issue, it takes the emphasis away from the heart issue and places it on the rules instead. And I think that's, okay, as a, as a teacher, this was my, like, and, and Sam, you can maybe testify, I was never your teacher, but I was in leadership around you mm-hmm. many times. Uh, I am anti-rules. Like there are, <laughs> and my house rules that are hanging on the wall over there when you first come in, those were also my classroom rules. And they're simply, um, Leave better than found. Whatever hurts my brother or sister hurts me. And if it's illegal or immoral, go do it somewhere else. Right? And that's those are the only rules I need to for my entire life. It doesn't matter what my relationships are, where I am, what I'm doing. If I can live by those three rules, I mean, I've, I've done what I need to do. And they appropriately reflect. We don't need to get into all that right now. But they appropriately, appropriately reflect the guidelines laid out in Scripture. And you can organize them into in, easily into that those guidelines. Um and when we step away from that, we start putting rule after rule after rule after rule. It very quickly goes into legalism. You know, like, am am I doing the 
the question has to be, why do I behave the way that I do? Why do I do the things that I do? And that mindfulness then reframes the whole question, as Natalie said, to what's my relationship with my Heavenly Father look like? Because if I know and love my Heavenly Father as I should, and I see myself as He sees me, then these things are just off the table. Yeah. Um, you mentioned body image. No, you mentioned body image earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys feel pressure to look a certain way from that regard? Like to have a certain body type or to look a certain way? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's just more about like confidence of like, um, yeah, just like something that I lacked a lot, like growing up and stuff like that was was just like confidence and like how I looked and like I'm not um, like overweight or anything. like, you know, I work out and I do all these things, but then sometimes you still wake up and you get dressed and you look in the mirror and you're like, this doesn't fit me right. Or like these pants are too loose or whatever, too small. Um, and so things like that. But then just um, something that I like consistently remind myself is the, the confident like god fittance like um god created me and he put all this thought into who i am and he loves me and he thinks that i'm perfect and so i can go out with that like god fittance and confidence in the way that i look and how i dress and know that like god still loves me and so finding value in that um i think a lot of similar thoughts (laughs) sam but I think something that I just want to touch on is I remember in high school that was like a big thing for me. It's something that I struggled with for sure. Um, but just remembering that like your purpose isn't to have like the perfect body or to be super fit or anything. Like your purpose, you're here for a different purpose, and it doesn't have to do with the way you look at all. So, yeah, I think just um, shifting the focus to you know creating, living your. Um, caring yourself in the way that God wants um, you to live and looking at yourself through God's eyes, like what they also said. So I would just, you know, echo what they said as well. Yeah. But if I can offer my, my perspective on this, um, I, I have consistently said over the last few years that healthy is the sexiest thing in the world, <laughs> at least for me in particular. And, and here's my reasoning behind that is, one, it's something that you can control. Um, but two, it's, again, reflecting attitudes of the heart that are not only appropriate, but they are. that's what I'm looking for in a partner, too, is um, if, I, if somebody, regardless of body type, if somebody is taking care of themselves and clearly takes their health seriously, one, it's a clue to me that they're taking a lot of other things seriously, too, and they're going to take me and potentially our relationship seriously, whatever that relationship might be, whether it's somebody I'm teaching with someday or, I guess, being a pastor well, you know, whatever, called worker together <laughs> somewhere, um, or whether like it, it would be potentially more personal than that, or even just like someday when I have kids, if they're going to be the teacher in the classroom, things like that. Um, if they have the if they have the wherewithal to be taking care of themselves and treating themselves appropriately, um, and they take that part of their life very seriously, it's an it's an easy it's an easy now. I, no, I'm not going to back off that. It's an easy, it's an easy look into the soul, right? Sure. What's going on at a heart level? Now, there are definitely people that take that um, to an unhealthy point, but mm-hmm. that's you can also, frankly, usually see that. Uh, you can see when somebody isn't taking, like, where they're, you know, Instagram healthy, if you will, but their eyes are sunken. 
and they're or they're like you see them working out every day and they only seem to get thinner and they don't put on any muscle mass you go there's something else going on here mm-hmm. right and, and those things are f- especially once you're if you're physically active and you're doing that kind of work yourself and then you, it becomes really easy to see in other people would you agree with that for sure yeah um what's your what's your just gut reaction to that idea that healthy is the sexiest thing in the world i think aside from you know seeing myself um as god sees me and like my confidence with that i also feel more confident when i am making healthier choices and what i'm eating um if i'm more choosing to be more active than choosing to be um i guess lazy but not as wise with my time i'd say and so healthy i think it comes in not only like food active but it's also like time management and how you use your time um in the 24-hour day we've all been given yeah no i I think you're just making my point even more is Mm -hmm. what you're doing is demonstrating um that you have it's not that you're going to be good at all these things if you're healthy but you're showing that you have an increased capacity or maybe are reaching your full capacity to be you know a teacher a wife a mother a friend you know whatever it might be you're demonstrating to yourself and to the world that you are capable of those things and even more capable than you could be like you could still be all those things and not take care of yourself but you're reducing your own capacity to do that and so as somebody who feels very strongly about um, taking care of myself and being and developing myself and being you know what I ought to be and should be um, that is something I not only welcome but actively pursue in other people like people who have that's why you're sitting here the three of you (laughs) because you demonstrate those things that i value and respect and i want the people around me amen (laughs) i had a thought while you were saying that but i don't know if it directly relates go ahead what you just finished on but i just personally know that i myself like if i don't get a workout in, in the morning or if i just like don't fuel my body with like food that's good for me like I genuinely am a lot more cranky and that doesn't like I don't know I think I can do a better job serving God when I take care of my body in that way so I don't know that's just like why I do yeah well you see me down there pretty much every morning too (laughs) and I haven't often always but I love to lift weights um, but then I end up being really muscle bound and I end up like, I'm right, right now I'm about 250. If I get any bigger than that, I start getting like sleep apnea and look at your face. <laughs> Sorry. If I get any bigger than this, whether I'm getting fatter or getting more muscle mass, it doesn't really matter if I get any bigger. Right? Okay. I have an 18 inch neck right now. And I'm not bragging. Like it's so hard to find clothes. It's ridiculous. It is not convenient at all. And if I get any bigger than I am right now, like I end up with like sleep apnea and I have to sleep on my side and I have to like prop myself up with pillows and hold myself together. Cause otherwise like my chest cavity caves in when I'm sleeping and then like I can't breathe. It's ridiculous. It's not easy being a big guy. I'm just saying. Um, anyway. Oh, here's a question. This isn't on the list and it's just coming up. I'm just curious. Do you guys find me intimidating? I mean, maybe not no. right now with my knee up. In, in I've my known head, you but... for too long. Well, you, okay. Let me say though, oh, when okay. you were 13, you definitely yeah. found me intimidating. Oh, yeah. I, every time you came over to me and I was doing something wrong, I was like, oh, no. Charlie's going to tell me. He's going to yell at me again. He's going to pull I out didn't those little yell at circles. You. No, no. Strongly I just, told. There were times where I yelled in your direction, but that was because there was a gap between us. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or like you pulled out those circles and would make me like remember mm-hmm. where my dot was. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. But not anymore, no. 
Do you? Uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Speak your mind. Was I too intense? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes. But explain but, now. Okay. So the reason that I think that you were intense. Too intense. Too intense. intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. I I honestly have no idea what okay, the line is. So. <laughs> I've got What's no really chill. What's really funny is like when I first met you and like you first started doing it and I was bad. I, I won't say that I wasn't, but you said you, also I was 25 and you and were like 13. Yeah. So. And you helped me to succeed by being intense, which was good. But then my little sister came in with like her tuba and you were also, <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that. you were also like intense with her and she was like, she was mad. And I was like, no, Maddie, like someday you're gonna, you're gonna be thankful for it, but it's like, it's okay. But in the moment it seemed really intense. Like she would get like super upset about it, which I think I did too. But then later, like we appreciated yeah. it well and that was one of the things that uh with vanguard that was the dynamics were different because mm-hmm. i was the the person on a staff of like 12 adults who behaved that way right which meant that i was more than being balanced out right and it was even like an intentional thing that we talked about as a staff was you know like i mean one i always had i always had a um I try, what did i call her um, but there was always a mom who was her responsibility to tell me when I was doing too much because <laughs> I don't know where the line yeah. is. And this is how I want people to treat me. Right, right. I mean, like earlier today, uh, we were doing a, uh, we're just getting ready for the MLC tournament. So all the referees are together and um, being critiqued constantly, right? And I would, now to their credit, they were, the guys that were critiquing us were doing an excellent job. But in a situation like that, I get upset when I know people aren't, are holding back and they're not giving me everything that mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be getting from them, right? So I get upset at professors <laughs> when you can tell that they're not quite prepared for class or they don't know an answer. You're supposed to be a master of your field, right? right? And if you don't know, then like one, just say you don't know and tell me. And then like shore up your, you know, that kind of a thing. And that doesn't happen often. I'm not by any means calling out MLC on that. I don't know. It's just, yeah, that's just the way I am. What about like, Claudia, you don't know me very well at all, right? Um, do you have, probably not, maybe not anymore, hopefully not anymore, but am I intimidating? Um, I don't think you are anymore, but I feel like, I think the first time I met you, I was sitting in the library doing homework and then you came up to me and sat down and you were like, I got this new jean jacket and I don't, <laughs> I know, about that. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Like you're wearing your jean jacket. Like how is yours so like worn? And I was just like so like frazzled because I was just trying to do my, like I had my AirPods in and I was like, what? We're talking about jean jackets? Like I was just confused. Sorry. But, <laughs> so I don't know if I was like, I didn't necessarily think you were like a big scary guy or anything, but I was just like, what? So <laughs> I don't know, but... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It got better I, after that, though? No, yeah. I think you're a very friendly person. <laughs> okay, good. Nice, so. All right. Natalie, you got anything to chime in there? Um, I just knew of you first through um, my past boyfriend and his friend group, so I just knew about you and how, like, you were very welcoming with their friend group, so that was my first impression of you, and then I am also just kind of a forward person when it comes to meeting people. So I think I actually chimed in the conversation. Can, can I be honest? You, can, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, why are you so comfortable around me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't, no, don't be ashamed of that. That's a wonderful bl- – I, I don't have that gift. I am inten- – you won't believe this, but I am intensely, intensely um, 
introverted. Like, so I love people. I love interacting with people. But part of the reason why I live here and not in the dorms is that I need my alone time. And I need, and so a lot of time, like it takes so much bandwidth for me to actually approach somebody, especially if I'm nervous about how I'm going to be received. There, uh, there's a lot of like it, that just sucks all of the the social bandwidth that I have. <laughs> um, so then when I'm interacting with somebody like you, where it's like there's just no work trying to get familiar or get comfortable, that just makes my life so much easier. <laughs> so don't be ashamed of that at all. Okay, let's shift the conversation here to guys, okay? Um, oh. First, well, no, 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 let's talk about dress first. Okay, let's talk about dress first. Now, all three of you are dating guys who are just very well-dressed also, okay? Which probably also speaks to your character, or maybe not. I don't know. Okay, I don't know what your statuses are. You are seen around with guys that are very well-dressed, okay? Um, so, first of all, how to what extent do you value that in a guy? Um, I think that let's let's start with the, with act like you in a let's see a, a dating relationship or pursuing something like that. How important is that to you in that particular relationship? Um, I think seven out of ten importance because it just shows that they really care about themselves and they care. Um, they just like take care of themselves, and I think that's attractive. So. Is there, just, this is an honest question, is there anything that's 10 out of 10? Because I honestly don't think there is anything on my list that's just straight up 10 out of 10. Like a quality or characteristic? Yeah. So like just to get a better grasp on what 7 means to you, oh. is there anything that's just an absolute 10? It must be, otherwise there's not even a conversation. Um, for me personally, I think just the way they treat other people and how they're like their kindness. I think that is something that's the most, one of the most important qualities that I personally look for is just like, not necessarily how kind you are to me, but just like when I see you interact with people on the day to day, like, are you like friendly? Are you nice? Or are you kind of just like ignoring someone if they're not like the coolest person to talk to or something like that? Yeah. Actually, maybe maybe that w- that would be like a nine point five for me. Also, hygiene, hygiene is so important for me. Oh my gosh, just yeah. Uh, anyway, that, that's a <laughs> that's a different conversation. Um, so yeah, girls, you want to chime I, in here? I would also agree that um, their faith, uh, how they treat others, like their kindness, their personality, that means so much more to me than um, how they dress. How they dress is just a bonus um, for me. I personally met my boyfriend at camp. And we are all, you know, like pretty sweaty and gross since it's, you know. And yet somehow all beautiful all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And Camp you, Phillip is an amazing place. Um, I mean, you still like get dressed up and you know that they like, you know, dress well, but we're, that's not the focus of how we're dressing there. So I guess I didn't really know my boyfriend's style till really after <laughs> camp. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I thought that it was going to be something that I cared about a lot more than I actually do in the sense of like when I think of my boyfriend, I could lift list off like 10 other things that I really, really love about him and it's not how he dresses. But it's also true that he never like just wears like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Like he's always like at least got jeans on and like the blue Asics, you know, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely not up there for me. Would it be a problem? Like what if he didn't though? Would that be a problem? No, because I think that everything else would outweigh it. So he starts wearing just like 
uh, dirty sweatpants and you know hoodies with holes in them every day and that's just how he dresses that wouldn't be a problem well i have the ability to be a decently blunt person sometimes so i think that i would also <laughs> just like say that of like, like if it what? bothered her she yeah. would tell him yeah. so the answer is yes it would be a problem yeah, but, but you feel like you could address it. i could address it and also it wouldn't be like oh but he's wearing dirty sweatpants that's it like <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> there, wouldn't, there wouldn't be an ul- an ultimatum coming after yeah okay. no exactly i also feel like it just depends what you're doing if that's just like what they wear on a regular basis sure but if they're like underdressing for something that you're supposed to like be presentable mm-hmm. then i think that's where like the line comes in but if it's just like a normal everyday dress i don't really have a problem with that all right so let's let's open it up then to just men in general to what degree do you take into account the way a man or a boy is dressed like if you like in how you receive them or how you you know what i'm saying like to what degree do you take that into account when you're interacting with someone i feel like i don't really care what other people are wearing but I'll notice if they're putting in, like, more effort. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I think that's... Some... I would say exactly yeah, yeah. the same as Claudia. I feel the same. Do you ever avoid men because of the way they're dressed? If it's gross. <laughs> you know, like, poly shirts or gross sweatpants. I like... think it's more hygiene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of yeah. leads into the hygiene. Well, but... let's talk about hygiene. What do you expect out of guys? Whether you're in a relationship with them or they just happen to be around you, what do you expect out of men? Hygiene-wise. To shower daily like a normal person? Deodorant? You think that would be obvious, but it apparently is not. Yeah. (laughs) Cologne sometimes is kind of, like, not bad. Like, that's... You can... That's effort, I think, in my book of, like, if you put on cologne, then you're, like, trying to smell nice and... Notice she didn't say Axe body spray. Yeah, exactly. She said cologne. I think you have to question... If you question... you. If you smell nice, then like you should. Then take you a should shower. <laughs> <laughs> Truth bomb. Right yeah. There. Yeah. Got All right. Him. What else besides showering every day? Anything else on the list? Mm, brush your teeth. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say like dental hygiene too. Floss. <laughs> is it just the way it looks, or, or, or is it just breath that you're talking about, or is it like a, a the way they look thing too? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you even notice? Like, uh, let me rephrase this question because that was a really weird question. Um, <laughs> are you, you looking at people's teeth? <laughs> well, are you looking at people's teeth? You, I mean, you can tell when they're gross, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at, if you're talking to someone and they're but talking. But if you can tell you know, somebody's like, teeth are gross from a distance, you usually don't need don't to get any to closer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, let's flip that, though. Like, uh, uh, what about, like, white teeth versus, like, coffee stains and things like that? You I drink a lot of coffee, so I, I'm on the struggle bus with coffee stains all the time. So I don't hate on the coffee stains because I know that it's hard. <laughs> but the the, uh, the MLC food shelf right now is just chock full of um, uh, whitening toothpaste. So for the first time in my life, I'm using whitening toothpaste. Life changer. <laughs> yeah, life changer. Anyway, you have any thoughts? No, I'm just thinking about the toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's more expensive, yeah, and I, I didn't want to, yeah, so I'm, 
thank you. Shout out to the uh, MLC, the MLC uh, uh, food shelf for giving me whitening toothpaste. That's nice. It's, it is nice. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, okay, so shower every day. What about like hair? Do you have any? I mean, do yeah, any thoughts at all on hair? I think different hair types. I'm just thinking. My boyfriend has pretty curly hair. So it's like, but if you... Are you saying it's pretty curly or it's pretty and it's curly? <laughs> it's pretty curly. <laughs> it looks nice, but... So it's, it's like, not pretty is what you're saying. No, it looks nice. <laughs> Just trying to throw you under the bus, that's all. Yeah, that's, I know, that's exactly what you're trying to do. Um, but, it, I mean, he wears a hat and it looks nice or he styles it and it looks nice. Either way, I mean... It's different for everyone because everyone has different hair types or um, styles that guys wear their hair. So I wouldn't say like, oh, you have to like comb your hair because some styles, you know, Kyle doesn't need to curl his hair because it's really curly. Or um, some people have shorter hair so they don't really have to curl it or don't have to put gel in it. It just depends on how they're, what style they're going for and what looks nice with that. Yeah. Some guys are losing their hair, so they just give up and shave their heads. Are you speaking from experience? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what I was just thinking is I was like, oh, I don't really look at guys' hairs anymore because Unless have, it's a problem, right? Right. And also because, well, like, my boyfriend has long hair, which, like, not many guys really have. And he also has long hair, but keeps like really good care of it because you know some guys it's all greasy and oh man scraggly. i was just thinking about yeah. that when uh. literally it's so greasy i'm like okay if you're gonna ha- go for long hair please get shampoo and conditioner yeah oh and hey i'm like so jealous dudes okay <laughs> the one thing you need that like that's all you need in your shower, besides Don't a bar of soap or whatever. Oh, no. no, 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 not three in one. Ever, <laughs> never use three in one. Stop. Okay, I, I don't even like like body wash is a waste of your money. It's eighty percent. It's an eight. It's eighty percent water anyway. Yeah. Get a decent bar of soap, mm-hmm. um, and use that every day. Make and then that's really all you need to do as far as your body goes. And then for hair. Whether you have dandruff or not, just go get Head and Shoulders and use it every day. Whether you have dandruff or not, for two reasons. One, it's like the best, like if you do a little bit of research, it's one of the best shampoos on the market right now. Um, It's even actually like higher rated than a lot of the more expensive ones like Selsun Blue and some of that kind of stuff. like the, the medicated ones. Anyway, but second, because it has such a high amount of zinc in it, it's really, really good for your scalp, whether you've got dandruff or not. And it's also really good for your face. Um, and apparently, and I don't, I'm not by any means an expert on this, and I don't do this. Like I, I have, okay, we'll get in that in a second. But apparently, it also will pretty much, unless you have like an acne problem, it'll pretty much take care of your face I've heard too. Of that. Yeah. yeah. It's apparently it's becoming like a, a social media trend mm-hmm. that people are to talking use about. Like to that same point though, um, so I actually have like a subscription um, uh, for face wash and face lotion. Um, and I don't remember what the company's called, but like they, it was one of those things where, you know, you He'll take link pictures. It in the show notes. Yeah, I will <laughs> yeah. link it in the show notes. I will. Um, but so like you, 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 you take a couple pictures of your face and you send it in and they like take a look at all the pictures and stuff and then kind of match you up with the right products and then send them to you. And it's, I mean, it's like 20 bucks a month and I don't quite get through uh, what I have in a month because I only wash in the top half of my face. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, 
I was just about to ask like how that goes with the beard. But yeah, no, I just uh, from the nose up yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, and then and then I use like specific beard. So beards, shit. We don't need to get into this right now. But yeah, you, your beard hair, your beard, your beard hair is way different than your head hair. Mm-hmm. Like so, you don't treat your beard the same way you treat the hair on your scalp because it'll just dry out your. Because you're, they think about all the grease and not grease, all the oils mm-hmm. on your face. They're still there, but now they're under the beard. And there's like like an actual. <laughs> never mind. There's there's like science going on never inside ever. your beard, and it's supposed to be there. And you think about it, like you're getting food and stuff in there and all that. So there are bacteria and things that grow in your beard that are healthy and should be there. And if you just kill them off, you're also going to end up with weird, gross flakes and stuff from your beard, which is even worse than having dandruff, personally. So anyway, that's a different conversation. <laughs> We're, oh, face wash. Yeah, just, okay. I just love So wash your face. The conversation keeps going about beards. Yeah, it's, it's a different conversation. Put the bacteria in your beard. <laughs> That could be a podcast all its own. Yeah. It's fascinating. Beard science is. I oh read a. Gosh. I read a three hundred page book. You know, I think some some guys would be really interested in this, but but we're not. It's, it's, I read a book saying, about the history of beards. Oh no! I read like a 250, 300 page book all about like from from the beginning of recorded history all the way until now of like facial men's facial hair and trends and like social status and all really that kind of stuff. I think you really do need a beard podcast. I, maybe I do. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Beard cast. Back to guys in general. All right. Is there anything that you see guys doing where you're just like? Just stop. Like, don't. Besides, not showering because we've already covered that one. Is there anything that just should be off the table? Like, guys, stop doing this. It doesn't have to be, but if you can think of anything, is there anything out there? I just feel like um, chapped lips. <laughs> have you seen some guys whose lips? I honestly don't like walk around flaking. looking at other guys' lips. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't look at their. Okay, <laughs> that sounded really bad. I guess. No, no, no. But I, like, I, sorry. you know, I, if I threw you under the bus. If I'm you're sorry. talking to someone. You look at their face and you can see their lips, right? And if they are chapped <clears> enough <throat> that you can see that they're literally flaking, like, first of all, that has to be painful. Second of all, go to the store and buy some chapstick. Or, like, do you need Vaseline? I literally have, like, seven, like, containers of them that I use, like, religiously because I just think chapped lips is so easy to take care of. But, yeah. I don't have anything off the top of my head. It's um, just me. Yeah, I feel like besides... Yeah, I don't really can't think of anything either. Yeah. Okay. Think, like I already said mine. Greasy hair when you have long hair, like you you just take care of it if you're gonna go for yeah, long hair. For real. Please. I or, like ask. You say it could be as simple as like, when you go to Walgreens, just talk to the girl behind the counter and say, Hey, I'm growing my hair out, I've never done this before and I don't really know how to take care of it. What do I need? Mm-hmm. And then do what the bottle says and you'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, let's let's shift again then a little bit. Um, well, first of all, is there anything that you guys so far that you guys want to talk about that we haven't? Like on the thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right before we started, we talked a little bit about makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like there's a is there for, so three questions, kind of all in one? Is there an expectation that women wear makeup? If there is, is it appropriate? Um, maybe should there be? Just like, what are your thoughts in general? Um, well, I feel like right now one of the trends is, um, like the clean girl aesthetic, Mm -hmm. where it's like you wear makeup, but it's supposed to look like you're not wearing makeup. So, like, I think that's kind of nice that right now the trend is almost that you don't wear makeup or, like, make it look like you're not wearing makeup. So that's kind of helpful. 
but personally I don't really wear makeup because it's I'm just don't really know much about it and um it takes a lot more time in the morning and also it's just like not that comfortable like sometimes it makes your eyes itchy or like <laughs> stuff like that so for me I just don't wear it but I at least wore mascara every day growing up from like seventh grade to my junior year in high school and then I uh, started dating someone and I still like wore makeup but then he found it more attractive if I didn't wear makeup and that kind of like really struck me of like oh wow like I you think I look better without this on and like I it didn't really click with me for a while but now like I've gotten used to seeing myself without mascara and so I just really haven't and I put it on now like for dressing up occasions or like when I want to um and so now it's not more of a routine thing but rather like oh like I like putting this on with this outfit or something like that so I think it's cool to see the shift in that and and it's also probably just from growing up maturity and um the confidence that I've gained yeah I actually I was debating in my head whether or not I should say this but frankly I um I find it unattractive when I can like if I can tell that like let me me think of how to say this if I'm sitting across from a girl on a first date and like First of all, there's like a different skin tone on her neck than her face. Okay, but or second, like it genuinely, it's, it's, it feels like you're hiding from me. You know what I mean? Like if I can, if I'm like sitting across the table and I can just see makeup caked on her face, that's, it's, it's, it's a, I don't, it's just a turnoff for like eight different reasons. It's probably more psychological than anything else. Where it's like if you felt the need, like basically you didn't trust me with yourself. Like you didn't trust that I would take you as you are, um, and so you, I don't. And this is, and go ahead and react to this. But that's what it feels like to me is like you're 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 hiding behind this mask essentially, and it almost is literally a mask, and that's a huge turn off for me actually. I think in the same way we talked about how, like, sorry, like <laughs> the different ways that we dress is leads to confidence. I think that for some women, like the makeup leads to confidence so I don't think that it's in the sense that they're hiding from you it's that they're probably if it's like a first date for instance they're probably super nervous like they got dressed and then still wasn't feeling super confident going out right now and like wanted to impress you and maybe it's as simple as like like Nat said like her previous relationship like he just said like I think that you still look good without makeup and so it can be as simple as just saying that Mm -hmm. Um, and she might not know that or has never been told that before either but at the same time I'm a little bit terrified that if I said something like that out loud I would get just that it would fly back in my face very quickly well in the same aspect of when you're on a first date with someone or you're even getting to know someone in a relation sorry (laughs) i'm being so i couldn't figure out what that was okay okay i just need to stop moving (laughs) (laughs) um and you don't know everything about someone after the Mm -hmm. first day or even when you start getting to know someone in a relationship you figure out their faults or the things that they're working on so then maybe that's one of the things that you approach later, you know, after you're truly figuring out maybe what's, what is behind the reason that she feels the need to do that. 
right. too. Right. And I think the, the the first date thing, the way I think the reason I said that is that it's a situation where I don't know, right. I don't know anything mm-hmm. about you yet. Yeah. Um. And and I I don't know. To like to me, that's just automatically not necessarily a red flag, but like a yellow flag. Mm-hmm. It's like there's something going on here. Yeah. Um. And, and it's not a no go, but it definitely raises questions in my mind of like, why did you one, why did you think this was necessary, and two, like. Yeah, like what what's going on on the heart level, and this is probably a little bit harsh, but I don't want to get intimately involved with somebody who ha- relationship wise, obviously, who who is not comfortable in their own skin. Like that, I I can't. I I'm, I'm having a hard enough time being myself. I can't also can like I can't also make you be, you know. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. I can't be responsible for your peace of mind and my own. I can't be responsible for both your identity and my own. And that's that's what that start. And feel free to push back if you disagree with me. Um, th- that's that uh, that that's what I'm concerned about in a situation like that when I'm interacting with somebody like that, especially when the idea is we're looking for a relationship. Right? When I start to see that, that automatically is in the back of my mind is. Like this is going to be, is this going to end up being a lot more work than it's worth as far as the relationship goes? I think your concern is valid, but I also would push you to think um, just how we talked about how clothing is an art form. I know people really, really love makeup and they find it like super interesting to get like a new um, eyeshadow palette and like experiment and like use that. And they like to express themselves through that. So I think it would be interesting to continue getting to know that person to see if they really truly love makeup or if they are like trying to hide behind that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a um, line to, you know, decipher and then you have to like uh, decide of your personal opinion, like whether you find it's attractive that they really enjoy and are passionate about doing makeup or if it's more of like an insecurity thing in what they're hiding behind. Well, I, I have two thoughts. First, um, if it's somebody that really is like passionate about it and loves it, and it's more of an art thing, it you can usually kind of tell. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, and there's also definitely nuance to this, right? I mean, just like a guy wearing a suit, you can tell whether a guy wears the suit all the time. Um, and is comfortable in it and likes it and it's an expression thing or whether he feels obligated to wear it. <laughs> you can tell the difference, right? Yeah. And you can I would I would say you could probably do the same thing yeah, with makeup. I would I would my pushback my real pushback though would be um I hold very dearly to my personal preferences. Yeah. You know? And There's there are, and guys that. do have personal preferences about the women they choose to date. Um and this is probably more of a personal preference conversation than it, this particular part of this conversation is probably more about personal preference than it is about anything else. Um, I think you're absolutely right to say we should be careful to make value statements or value judgments based on that. Um, and that should not be the foundation of our, you know, perceptions and things. But if it wasn't because I set the scenario up as a date, I know I'm the one that set the scenario up as a date. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in that particular situation, I and, and I'm more saying this for the guys listening than I am for the benefit yeah. of you guys. Um, it's okay to have preferences, and, yeah. and actually, this is I'm gonna get your thoughts on this too. This is not on the, on the we didn't prep for this at mm-hmm. all, so this is just your raw reactions. But I, um, because I am who I am, and because I welcome the conversations that I do, I actually fairly often have conversations with guys who are um 
they they find themselves in a position where they just aren't into a girl, sometimes who they're dating and sometimes who they have a significant amount of investment in, um, where they just don't want to be with her anymore and they can't come up with a good reason to break up with her. You know what I mean? Um, like there isn't like a, there really isn't moral grounds to not date this girl anymore. Um, as young women, um, first of all, what's your gut reaction to that? And second, um, if you find, if a guy found himself in that situation, what should he do? Um, it, yeah, it's please. gonna suck, but, um, please just tell me straight up that you lost feelings for me and that you don't see a future because it's gonna hurt me more if I stay with someone that does not see that, um, I've had that happen before and it really sucks in the moment, but as long as you can like pick yourself up, um, rely on God, the community you have around you, um, and grow from it, it's, um, the best thing that can happen is just being honest with that person. Um, you're going to be scared that you're going to, oh my gosh, like she's going to be so hard. Like, yes, like there's not really a way out of this that doesn't involve hurt if it's not hurt right at right then it's going to be a hurt that comes up in the future if you keep prolonging this yeah i agree and it might be way out in the future too like for sure if you end uh, there's, there's a very real possibility that if you just keep going down this that you never actually do get the courage to say hey like I, i'm just not into this anymore and that's going to be really rough on a young marriage too or yeah. <laughs> any at any point in that and you might learn to be comfortable together but is that really what you want out of life is to kind of make do with what you've <laughs> you know, just kind of learn how to live in the hole you dug yourself, yeah. or is that? Are you looking for something more than that? And that's really probably the qu- the question that needs to be answered: is is this really what you're looking for? And if it's not, acknowledge that and go find what you are looking for, as long as what you're looking for is appropriate and attainable. Any thoughts on any of that? I agree. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, how should that conversation? How would you like that conversation to be approached? If a conversation like that was, I mean, yeah, if, 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 if a guy felt that way about you, like we've got a whole bunch of investment here, you're clearly into me. I I just don't see this going anywhere. How should I approach that conversation with a young woman? See, it's nice that I I happen to be single at the moment. I feel so free to ask these questions because I'm not worried about how I'm being perceived. Anyway, go ahead. I would say, um, do it yourself. Like don't involve like other people to like backhand at like tell this person like just sit down like the two of you have a conversation and just tell her honestly um it's obviously going to be hard and she may take it in like a range of ways but just honesty is probably the best way to do it and to like also validate of like if you lost or f- are feeling that you're losing feelings, you don't want to stay in a relationship with her because you don't want to hurt her because of that. But that doesn't negate these memories that you've made together or the times that you enjoyed because you don't want her to walk away thinking this whole relationship was a lie. None of the things that we did meant anything because that's probably not true. Like they probably were good times and things like that. And if it's not true, then obviously that changes the whole conversation. You probably should have had this conversation a long time ago, but also just bringing that up too. And it may be a bomb you literally drop on her. Um, so 
there's going to be initial shock and questions, but then once it sets in, there's going to be probably more questions. So being able and willing to have follow-up conversations just for the sake of getting clarity to move on is really important and shows that you do care about um, her process of, you know, healing and moving past this. I think there's a line of like, you know, when there has to be too many conversations, then you kind of maybe just need to cut it off, but at least like a conversation or two after, um, especially to, you know, maybe potentially be on like civil terms after. Yeah. You definitely need to keep those boundaries set Mm -hmm. though too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True. Like, I mean, once that breakup happens, you're no longer responsible for yeah. them. Yeah. Do you have anything to... I was just going to say, kind of similar to Natalie, just, like, make sure you're being clear and don't just, like, beat around the bush where they're like, wait, did I just get broken up with? Like, I'm not really quite sure because they didn't give me, like, a clear reason because I feel like in those situations it might be kind of hard to have, like, one specific reason, but just make sure you guys are on the same page at the end of this, the conversation. Are you guys Parks and Rec fans at all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where Anne. What's his name? Uh, uh, what's uh, you know what I'm talking about? Where Anne gets broken up with and she doesn't even know because he's too nice. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, yeah, no, it's a fa- fantastic scene where she like suddenly realizes like, oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was a that was an aside. Okay, um, to to what degree does a guy bear responsibility to explain himself to you in that regard? I, and obviously, it's there's. It's more so if you have been in a relationship for a while, right? He probably owes you a little bit more. Um, like, I, I don't know, from on, if we've only been on like a couple of dates, I really don't feel a lot of response. Go ahead and push back on this too. Uh, I don't really feel a lot of responsibility to explain myself, especially if it's just a preference issue or if it's something that I know like isn't going to be something that's resolvable. You know, like if, if after a couple of dates, I've, like I, I've kind of determined, like you're just, you're just not mature enough for this yet. Like I'm not going to tell you that, and I don't think it's wise or necessary for me to do that. Um, or if it's like I, we just approach life so differently, um, I really don't feel the need to to explain myself. And it's usually just a conversation of like, all right, hey, if she even asks, because like, a lot of times, a lot of times, <laughs> by the time you're walking away from each other on that second or third date, you kind of know mm-hmm. of like. You know, she, sometimes it's, she's been sending all the signals and I haven't been responding and I can see in her eyes she knows that I'm not responding to them. Um, and I, I don't by any means ghost anybody um, or I try not to. Um, so it's usually more of a conversation of like, hey, I think you're awesome, I, but I, I'm, I'm going to choose not to pursue you anymore. I even usually say choose, you know, tactfully so that it's just really clear of like I'm not like waffling on this. I have made my decision, and my decision is that I'm not going to pursue you anymore. Um, how, to what degree do you think a guy is responsible for explaining his thought process to you if he's cutting cutting off a relationship with you? Do you want an explanation? Do you want to know? And to what degree do you want to know? As girls, I, I think it's more common than not that they would want to know. Um, I think... Whether it's, like, three or four dates, you know, everyone progresses with, like, their feelings and how invested they get in a person in a relationship may be different than um, the other person in the relationship. So, a guy may not think, like, wow, like, this was only three dates. Like, it wasn't that much. But this girl, it could be maybe, like, her first relationship or, like, some – one of the first times, like, she is maybe being – 
been treated better by a guy and so that may be a huge like wow like this is like the best relationship I've had whereas the guy's like oh like this isn't really like the greatest I don't think I'm going to choose the girl might need a little more explanation of like why it didn't work because it was probably the best relationship she's had at that point so I think it's very situational um I think it just goes to show like you know being willing to be understanding, being willing to have that a f- further conversation to know where that girl's at. Um, yeah, I'd say it's very situational and it could not ha- require a lot of conversation or questions, but I do think, um, like you said, you know, sometimes you don't need to like say everything depending on, but I just think it's the length and where people are at on both ends. Here, Here's more here's kind of what I'm thinking on this is I I can think of multiple situations where um, essentially what ended up happening was uh, the reality was a little bit different than the bill of goods, which I was sold, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's like somebody set me up with her or it was like on on a, on an app or something that we interact, whether it's social media or like an actual dating app or whatever. And so the, the whole premise is this is who you are and this is what I am and that's why we're getting together to see if this could work, right? Um, and I, I can think of multiple situations where when we actually got together and started spending time together, um, she was not what I was told, whether that's like spiritually, like on a faith faith scale, like there just isn't the spiritual maturity that there needs to, I mean, especially now that I'm preparing to be a pastor, there just has to be some spiritual maturity there. Um, or even like social maturity and th- like relationships with people or even sometimes relationships with, with people who are living in a very worldly way and things like that, right? Where those just, those are, those are just, um, those are just red flags. And as, again, particularly as a guy who's preparing to be a pastor, I cannot ignore those, right? And if there's enough of them, there just isn't any path forward. Or if I'm already like questioning how into where I really am, and then those red flags start popping up, do I bear a responsibility? And you can kind of tell that I'm leaning towards no in the way I'm asking the question, right? But feel free to tell me I'm wrong because if I am wrong, I need to be told. <laughs> do I bear a responsibility to explain those things to her and help her under, especially as a young Christian woman who is who knows what I'm preparing to do. Do I do I owe her a responsibility to explain those things to her? I think for her, if you did choose to explain it to her, it could be a point of growth. You know, because Or I could just be a dick. Right. That's true. I mean, true. but that's no, reality and is And that's true. But you also I'm not can't saying control I would, I, okay. Right. Anyway, that would <laughs> be you, what how she yes, perceives it. And you yeah. also can't control the reactions <laughs> that other people are going to have to what you say in any aspect. So then if you're going into it as like, I am going to frame it this way because I want her to understand my thoughts behind this and because I think that, like, I think it could be a growing point for a lot of people. Like, you grow from your previous relationships, whether that's friendships or, like, really, like, boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever. Like, you can take things from those and learn and grow and be a better person. And she might not understand that as much in the moment if you do, like, tactfully tell her these things. But like you said, I, I, like Sam said, down the line, I definitely think she could grow from it, if not in the moment, mm-hmm. um, after for sure. But I also don't think that you have, like, 
I mean, you can choose to do whatever floats your boat, but um, if you did choose to, it could be something yeah. good for her. Hopefully. I think I think you probably hit the nail on the head too when you said it's situational. Because now that I'm thinking about it more, there's definitely like those when I've chosen to just completely not like just to abandon that conversation entirely. It's usually because I already know before I say anything that that conversation is about to be real messy, mm-hmm. and at I mean. That already is, I mean, that really is the red flag that we can't even have that conversa- right. that constructive conversation. Yeah, and at that point, I mean, why choose to beat yourself over the head? I mean, that's what Proverbs says. Like, don't don't engage with a fool. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, what we're looking at here. Okay, um, well, since we're on, we won't go too much longer here, but since we're on this uh, level of questioning, I guess, um, let's just go to it then. what what uh, Since we're talking about relationships already, what are the green flags that you guys are... What are the, well, no, let's back up first. Um, what does the ideal, this is a wide open question, so give me whatever you, thoughts you have. What is a, an appropriate dating or courting relationship between two Christians? What does that look like? Um, something that's just like really big for me is um, when they make their intentions clear, I guess, because I feel like I've been in situations before where um, someone will ask me to like hang out and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, totally. And, like, I think it's just, like, oh, they just want to, like, we're friends, whatever. But then to them, like, I'll hear, like, through other people that they're like, oh, we went on a date. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> I don't know. So I feel like I think for me I just, like, really appreciate it. And it's like I would have gone on a date with you, but just, like, tell me it's a date or something like that. So I just really appreciate it when people make their intentions clear and you're on the same page. So I think um, there are situations where a guy could, like, specifically pursue a girl that maybe they don't have a lot of connections but it also could just be like intentionally getting to know each other or hanging out in group settings like you may um for example like work at the same summer camp or you know like be in the same <laughs> setting and go to the same if you'd like to get a significant other go to camp Phillip. <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> we go to mlc oh, like, <laughs> i don't know you guys have a reputation <laughs> no it, it's not true. you two girls i'm right, saying camp right. Phillip. yeah yeah anyway Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's not hate on Camp Phillip. It's wonderful people doing wonderful work. Of course, they're going to fall in love with each other. Yeah. Um, well, spending time with each other in group settings and just doing things, and, um, the same hobbies that you have to get to know each other on, like having that friendship um, to potentially flow into a real, build into a relationship. And so to both of those points, um, what if a guy knows he wants to spend more time with you? He's not really sure he wants to be in a relationship with you. Do you... Okay, so here, here's my, here's one of my strategies will often be something to the effect of, um, like, you know, I am going up to Chanhassen on uh, Saturday night for a bottle of wine and a fire brick pizza, and I need somebody to go with me. Would you like to go with me? Does it need to be more defined than that as far as like, and just so you know, I'm not really sure if this is a date or not. I just want to spend more time with you. I think I feel like that say, would be weird. If you say like, oh, I just like really want to get to know you. Like, I've yeah. no, like I think just like saying that like really makes your intentions mm-hmm. clear. Like, I don't know. It's just like the times where you're like, wait are we friends or like i don't know just like are you looking to like get to know me or are we just like oh i like hanging out with you like let's hang out and or two sometimes like the guy is sending the signals and you're not noticing like that definitely happened to me (laughs) um like this past summer where i was just like 
no like yes to hang out because we're friends because we have been we had been friends for a while like I had known him obviously um and there was obviously like other extenuating circumstances where I was like nervous to start a relationship with him even though I knew like I liked him kind of um but then it was I went into it being like friends and then as we started hanging out and our friendship started progressing then it was more obvious of like could this be a relationship too Maybe it's just narrating what's going on. You know what I yeah. mean? Like intentionally narrating. Right. This like is, thinking through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Communication. Like it's good. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting <laughs> it's, concept. It's a good it? as yeah, crazy. friends, like anything, <laughs> yeah. but also in a relationship. And I don't think there's any harm if you just say, hey, I want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting to know them. And if that turns into a really good friendship, then great. And if it turns into a friendship and then a relationship, then, then even better. Good. But yeah. True. Uh, is it safe to say that if it is not oh, clearly defined as a date, we shouldn't call it a date? Or is that too far to go? Um, the first date that I went on w- was a date, but not I didn't realize it was. And it was because he said it was a date because he paid for my drink. You know, um, Does like, the fact that you ended like, up dating, though, then yeah. retroactively define it as a date? What right. if it hadn't gone well? Right. Would that have still so been a date? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I know. It's, it's I know. hard to define it, I think, because, like, growing up in high school, I had guy friends, like, mostly. Um, I was, like, the wrestling team manager, so I just hung out with guys all the time, and sometimes we'd go out to eat, and they would pay for me. Is that a date? No. They're just, like, being gentlemen. Or maybe it was a date, and I just with didn't notice. With the entire notice. team. <laughs> yeah, and I, or maybe they did like me, and I was just so, like, no, I don't want to date any of these guys, but, yeah. I think it, also, you can be a gentlemen i guess and pay for a girl's food if you want yeah i don't know i also am well i see i'm broke so i'm not paying unless it's a date (laughs) anyway or i will sometimes specify gird up is paying for (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway um the uh i do empathize with claudia though because that's also happened to me a couple of times where it's like i spent some time with somebody and i think she and i were on the same page but then a rumor mill starts turning Mm -hmm. right and then all of a sudden that gets weird and i'm hearing about it from other people and i'm going well actually i take a lot of people out for coffee so every once in a while if it's like a coffee thing i'll just look at the guy and go i've also taken a new up for coffee does that mean we're dating and usually that kind of ends the conversation um but I don't know. Do you guys have any strong feelings about all that? Well, I think there's just a lot of pressure these days on each step of like, oh, reaching out to talk to this person or hanging out. And it could be in the setting you are in. But I think there's just a lot of pressure on that, which does make it tougher in our day and age. Um, but I th- I just personally think that communicating in person um, is much more attractive. Thoughts on the talking stage? What is the talking stage? What should it look like? Should it even exist? I think that the talking stage should be forming a friendship. Because I think that it's ten times easier to form a relationship when you already have an established friendship. At least in my opinion. But yeah. I would also say if you're in the quote-unquote talking stage, you don't have any sort of responsibility towards each other, mm-hmm. um, which is why I find it strange when people are going on dates supposedly because <laughs> i don't I, I still haven't figured out what actually is and isn't a date on a college right. campus i don't know um i don't really care it's not my life it's not my world so i don't have to worry about it but anyway um 
like how can you call it quote unquote the talking stage if you're going on dates because if we're spending time alone together intentionally i already do bear some responsibility towards you and you towards me but could it still be forming a friendship oh right but is it like, but it's, we're not in the talking stage anymore we're now date well what is the talking stage versus dating right and is okay well here's another question is <laughs> if i went on a date with you does that mean we're can you be dating without being in a committed relationship um, we guys we got to define those terms uh, and maybe that's more of a after college thing but it's hard on a small campus too but I don't know. For me, personally, when I think about dating, that is, we haven't made any sort of commitment to each other, but we're going on dates, Mm -hmm. and we're figuring out what's going to happen next. I think um, most commonly what I've heard from, you know, people around me that has happened recently is they do, like, go on dates or hang out with each other, and then they're officially dating once um, the guy asks her to be, like, his girlfriend. But then aren't you not dating anymore? You're just in a relationship? Yeah, mm, then but you're still dating. I think that you. Well, you still should still win. be going on dates, right? But isn't the whole point of? I'm, I I'm not going to win this battle. I know, but <laughs> I feel like if we're going on dates, then we are dating. That's the verb of date. <laughs> okay. Well, I think a lot of people have you know different conceptions of what it is. So then, just make that clear with the person communication <laughs> once again, like. Yeah. <laughs> I interrupted you, Claudia. I was just going to say, I think to me, like the different differentiation between like when you're like actually like, oh, this is my boyfriend. It's like you're not going to go on dates with anyone mm-hmm. else. But like maybe when you're like going on a first date with someone, you could like go and like, I don't know, hang out or talk to someone else. Kind of like, I don't know if it's just very fresh and new, like you're just kind of mm-hmm. meeting people. So I don't know. I think once you're like they're your boyfriend or they're your girlfriend like that's you don't go on dates with other people i personally live by the three date rule like i the we're not exclusive until um and and like generally if we're if this is actually something i'm thinking i'm going to pursue after the first date i mean it's i have a hard time thinking that if i was like excited about this after a first date i'm probably not going on dates with anybody else anyway right right um but like i have i have a three date rule if there's I don't have to go on a second date if there's like some clear red flags or it just didn't go well or whatever it is. I don't feel any responsibility to do that. But if it is somebody that I think I want to pursue, for me, it's after the third date. That's when I need to make a decision of is this going to be something that I pursue and this will be the only thing I pursue, at least for now. Or if I'm still not willing to do that, that needs to be very clearly communicated that we are not in a relationship. Um, and that's going to be a really hard conversation. And uh, generally, man, I don't know. That's where the explaining yourself thing kind of comes into play again, too. Um, I don't know. It's it's a it's it's a hard line to walk, and it hasn't happened to me very often where I get to a third date and I'm still just not sure. Normally, it's one way or the other by that third interaction. Any thoughts? Is that a good way to go about it? Is it not? Would you want to be treated that way? I think that if you... yeah, Each relationship is different, and so you can label in however, like, what your preference is. Because you're going to have preferences on who you want to date, how you want to go about this relationship, what you're looking for in this relationship. I mean, some people aren't... Like, I've always thought of, like, dating to marry. 
right? Like I'm going to date someone and I'm, and I want to be in a relationship because I am thinking about like my future with this person. And some people don't do that. And you have to be upfront about what you're looking for uh, in general. So yeah, just communication, which I feel like we've touched on a lot. Yeah. All right. We got only a couple more questions and we'll let you guys go here. Hey? <laughs> so um, what are your, besides, obviously you want to be united in faith, right? Beyond that, uh, we've mentioned being kind to others. I, one of my favorite soapboxes is to, to get on is I am not nice. There's I am not nice. I try to be uh, to uh, the, the the fruits of the spirit should be clearly evident in me. I should be uh, loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, gentle, and self controlled. I should be all those things. But nice is not anywhere commanded in scripture because nice is passivity. And I, one, it's not my strong suit. But second, it's also that it, it, it does nobody any favors, including myself. Now, there might be times where by being kind and gentle and patient, I happen to come off as nice. That, that's not a problem. But I despise being described as nice. If, I, if you think I'm nice, then I have not been proactive enough about loving you and uh, demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit in your direction. So... Just that's my soapbox. That's one of my favorite soapboxes, and I think that's even more important for guys, though. Is um, like, why would you want to be a quote unquote nice guy? And if, especially if you're training for ministry, there's no place for you being a quote unquote nice guy. You need to go out and be loving and peaceful and patient and kind and gentle and self controlled. Stop Mm -hmm. being passive. Um, Anyway, major green flags that are just like, uh, yep, we're going there. Anything? I have like three different categories. I think gentle and patience kind of like um, complement each other, but that is extremely attractive for me, um, along with just being um, able to listen and be understanding. Um, like, I think it's really attractive to uh, for the guy to like seek um, to understand and seek to know who he is with, um, and understand the situation, um, and what they're going through and how they can best, uh, love and support them. So I think that is very attractive along with them just being funny and being able to make me laugh. (laughs) Well, and that makes sense. You are exceedingly empathetic and compassionate, right? And so if you were paired with a guy who just absolutely is not, that would, probably be very i would guess very difficult for you <laughs> yeah right and so it, it makes sense that those things would kind of rise to the surface as some of the things that are most important for you yeah that's a course. good answer girls you got anything you want or you had you had a bunch of different did you okay yeah i covered yeah them. oh you covered them okay anything um, you want to add yeah something for me is like hard working like mm-hmm. obviously is working towards some sort of goal in any aspect um i think that that's something that i find like very attractive of I can tell that you're like talented person and you're using those God-given abilities that God has given you and like killing it. Um, and then also I was trying to find the picture on my phone, but I found this like old list in the back of one of my old notebooks of like random, um, standards I wrote down. And then I read them and I was like, wow, Sam, you kind of did a good job without thinking about (laughs) them when like, I am now like dating someone who fits a lot of them, but it was obviously like the same faith. One of the things was like, loves themselves enough that they can also love me and like things like that. Um, that I think is important too. Well, I think along with hardworking, like being self-aware, like knowing the gifts that God has given you and being able to use those to serve him is really um, Mm -hmm. attractive as well. 
Yeah, that's what I think too of like seeing someone serving like in the ministry is something that I've found to be so amazing. Like um, both my boyfriend and I work at um, Next Gen, which is at a church in Lakeville and it's um, like they do a youth ministry on Sunday nights or teen and young adults and he's like in the band and I help lead the small groups and then sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wow, look at like I get to see my boyfriend sitting there next to each other in your Bass no, Pro Shop no. hats in your car. Sorry. No, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I get to see my boyfriend leading worship, and this is like so like it could make me like tear up like sitting there like just seeing that because that's just so awesome to me to know that he has like such a strong basis for his faith that he's like wants to do that and willing to do that and using his God-given abilities to do that. I jot down on my notes. Join a worship. Band. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think something like you guys covered a lot of the things I was gonna say, but um, one thing that also I think is really important is just that both people in the relationship have a mutual respect for each other. Um, just in that, um, I've been in like in situations where sometimes I feel like so stupid telling them something because I'm like I feel like to them this is just like not important or like I they just kind of make me feel stupid for something that I say and I just don't really appreciate that and then um I also just like want to be in a relationship with someone that I respect because I don't want to hold them to a lower standard than I Mm -hmm. hold myself I guess and I think that it's just important to like um kind of like sharpen each other when you're in a relationship so yeah well and maybe to that point even it it might not be that they don't care or that they don't you know care about you or that they actually think you're dumb or whatever but it is a very clear value statement is if they just are completely checked out about something that you're passionate about or you're starting to feel that way around them you know or or you know they're super into something and you're just lost and it and it has that kind of effect on you where you're starting to feel dumb and maybe even unwelcome and things that's a clear difference in values um, which is not probably something that you're like it's not super likely you're gonna make that work um, so especially if you're starting to feel some of that stuff early on, I would hesitate to take that a whole lot further without it being addressed. And it could be, you know, just sitting down there and saying, hey, when you guys are, you know, doing like when you kind of force me into fantasy football and now you're all talking and you're making fun of me for losing all the time, whatever it might be. Well, if I just need to not do that anymore, right? Or like, I don't want to go golfing with you because this is how, you know, mm-hmm. there might be just boundaries that need to be set too. But there's a whole different, there's a, there's a lot of different, I think you did not say this at all. So this isn't a critique of you. <laughs> but I think a lot of people who are find themselves in that situation, it's, it's, it's very, very personal. And relationships are very personal. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it was personally aimed at you, mm-hmm. right? And that's that. I don't know. That's just want to put my two cents in on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. My what I was thinking about in the middle of that. I just stopped talking about myself, and we'll let you guys go in just a minute here. But uh, what I was, when, I, when I think about myself, when I, I'm more intentional now than I've ever been about, especially about dating, um, is I I also know how I'm wired, and I am. I mean, I I am in a very real way. I am. Wired to be kind of the calm and the chaos, which also then means I oftentimes am the one who's <laughs> creating some chaos for the right reasons and the right purposes, right? Um, I have a very hard time letting something rest if it's not right or appropriate or good or whatever it might be. But that can be very, very, very hard on a partner, right? 
And so for, like that, I think you mentioned being kind of on the same page and all that kind of stuff. And that like that, that's also something I think I would encourage, especially guys to be, I think just the way guys are wired. Um, it's, it's even maybe more important on their end, be recognizing, um, the way you're impacting the women that you're with and you might have the best intentions and she might be awesome and you might love her to death. But the reality is the way you're put together, like you shouldn't have to change who you fundamentally are to be with somebody. I, 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 maybe girls do it too, but in my experience, it seems like it actually is more often a guy who just kind of recreates himself in order to be with a girl than the other way around. In my experience, I might be wrong about that, but you know, for somebody like me, I got to find somebody who's going to go dance in the fire with me, not who's going to run away from the fire, mm-hmm. right? And so the last thing I want or need is that for there to be even more strife and more difficulty and more whatever, more adventure <laughs> at home than there, like when I'm already have all that in my active ministry or daily life or whatever it might be. Um, so just being that clear, having that kind of clarity about what you're looking for is also going to help you really hone in on who you're going to pursue then, which makes all of these other conversations and decisions that we've been talking about so much easier. Um, so you hear it's kind of a cliche of like, you know, you got I don't, I hate finding yourself, that whole idea of finding yourself. I despise that. That whole concept, it is it is not rooted in scripture. But anyway, that's a different soapbox to stand on. Uh, what I would say is, the better you understand yourself, the more appropriately you're going to be able to pursue somebody else. So that is definitely a, a, a uh, hands down. Yeah, it is yeah. definitely something worth pursuing. And if you know, if if there is a final word on this one, I think that hopefully is it. Is the better you understand yourself. Um, you don't need to go on some journey of self-discovery to understand yourself. Just sit down and be honest and uh, like spend some time in the Word and with the Lord and have that conversation with yourself of what are my strengths, what am I realistically looking for, what kind of a woman is going to fit this puzzle piece well, um, and then pursue those things and you'll be all right. Girls, any last words before we cut the end of the show here? Amen. That was great. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming on. I know there's a certain amount of personal uh, sacrifice and risk that goes into having conversations like this. So I appreciate that and under, understand that too. So thank you for being courageous enough to have these conversations and for serving your brother as well. So you're awesome. Thanks for coming on. Uh, gentlemen, go be the man that God created you to be. We will see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.